This works in a lot of different markets and verticals. It's just a matter of having really, I believe, the courage and the belief in your service to offer just one initial offer on the front end and that becoming the, the kind of driving force for your entire engine of the business. Welcome to the Get Real About Business podcast, where we uncover the real deal of what it takes to start and grow a business fast. It's all about earning the right, where we work hard today so we can reap the reward tomorrow. Prepare for some hot tips today. I'll be your host, Clive Maloney. Hey, 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 welcome back. This is episode 55, and I have an awesome show lined up for you today. And today we're going to get super strategic. We're all about client acquisition and we're going to break down a really simple but powerful strategy for you to create predictable income in your business using a two-step formula. Now, so if you're thinking right now, when we're talking about strategy, if you're thinking, that, oh no, I better go and get a notepad and pen. This is going to get complicated very quickly. Have no fear because today's strategy is so simple that you can write it down on the back of a Starbucks receipt, and it works. Now, how do I know it works? Well, it works because this is the very strategy that my guest today is using all the time in his business. Um, And when you hear about it, and you see its simplicity and how powerful it is, then you'll know that this makes sense. Now, to accompany this episode, one thing you should know is that we have an infographic. It's a simple process that we're going to take you through, a two-step formula. But if you want to see the infographic that accompanies this, and I've spoken to my guest about this beforehand, but we're going to make this available for you on the show notes page. Now, if you're somebody who likes to have something in your hand and there and ready to look at, then you can go and get that now. Just go to the show notes page at getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash 55, and then you can pick up that infographic. But if you're not by a computer and you're not able to go and get that now, don't worry because, again, this strategy is so simple that you're not going to miss it. I just want to let you know that. So let's talk about my guest today, who is an internet marketing expert. He helps B2B coaches, consultants, and service companies triple their net profits and double their time off. He works mainly with people who offer high-ticket services, so that's $5 million and above, and he really is the real deal. I've been watching him on LinkedIn for the last few months, and it's just been brilliant to see how smoothly he's been working that platform. There's nothing pushy, nothing uncomfortable. He shares some excellent value-driven videos, and I really recommend you following his blog too. In fact, he's got a a LinkedIn group that you can uh, go and join as well. Uh, So proving, once again, that Canadians are all terrific people, it's my pleasure to welcome Steve Mottal to the show. Welcome, Steve. Oh, brilliant. Thanks for the introduction, Clive. That was brilliant, man. Oh, so awesome to have you here. And as you know, I've been following you on LinkedIn for quite some time and we connected a little while ago. Um, I just love what you're doing on LinkedIn at the moment and just what you're doing in business in general. Cool, man. Awesome. I'm glad to talk about that too. But yeah, let's just get right to it, man. So one of the things I like to do at the start of the show is to ask you a random question. Now, I used to get people to talk about their stories, but you know what happens sometimes when you ask people to tell a story? Sometimes you get the CV instead. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you a random question from a list of questions that have come from my podcast community. Uh, so I've got a list of 18 questions. You get to pick which question. So would you like to choose a question between number one and 18? 18. 
18. 18. Okay. Right, so this is a slightly longer than normal, uh, but here goes. You're at a conference or a networking event. You meet someone in your industry and you begin a conversation. Now, very quickly, you realize this guy has a very big ego. They brag for the next 10 minutes and don't let you get a word in edgewise. A little while later, you see them emerge from the toilets. His fly is unzipped and he clearly hasn't noticed. <laughs> Do you? A, have a quiet word with him and let him know about his embarrassing faux pas. B, exclaim loudly that he's flying low. Or C, keep it to yourself and see if anyone notices. A great question. Yeah, I would just tell him, man. And you know what? Like people with big egos don't bother me. In fact, I, I respect that, you know, it's just their ego and that, you know, I, what I do is I look at people as the light. So everyone's got light in them. It's just sometimes it's a little bit dimmed out. Yeah. Yeah. I see, I, somewhat boring answer, but absolutely brilliant because it just proves really what a, what a nice guy you are. It's, uh, it's very easy to do the nasty thing sometimes, but we have to rise above it, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> So thank you for that. Um, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to get into the meat now. Uh, and so we're, we'll talk about the strategy that you're using at the moment in your business. Now, again, it's something that you're using in your business. So before we unpick what this strategy is, can you just tell us a little bit about sort of how you're using and what kind of results that you've had using this particular strategy? You know what I'm going to do, Clive? I'm going to tell you kind of where, how it evolved. So um, yeah. what I started doing a couple of years back is that I started selling an $800 US program training, okay? Yep. And what I did is that was the initial offer. And the need that I was, I was hitting in the marketplace was we're going to help you generate some leads, right? And I focused on uh, coaches. It was a very specific need to a very specific market. So that was the primary offer, Okay. Now, when people started working with us, what they didn't know is they needed support, marketing feedback, and just general like, um, just to help them get support and progress with their marketing to like get feedback. So they'd produce a video. Let's give you some feedback on that. So what we did is, and this is how this whole, uh, this whole premise evolved, was that in the back end, we had a marketing club where we would help you on a month-to-month -month basis at a $299 price point. So we started with an initial higher price, and then we went on the back end and we were offering a 299 club. Now, initially, you know, when we were selling the, uh, the $800 program, when we were running it, we, you know, I might've had, uh, for one specific launch about like 12 people buy the $800 program. And then on the back end, we had about, uh, usually we get a, like a 90% retention rate. So about, let's say, you know, whatever, 10 people on the 299. So about, you know, $3,000 a month we're staying. And we had people stay, or, or actually our uh, retention rate was around six months, which I thought was brilliant. So we abandoned that model though for there's a lot of reasons. One was because I wanted to generate more cash flow on the front end so that I could reinvest in the marketing and then ger generate the back end. Yeah. But that's how this originally started was like selling a training course and then offering it. What we're doing now is we're selling a done for you marketing service on the lead gen on the front end. And then on the back end, we're offering um, a program where we work with clients for the entire year and we guarantee a five times ROI. Now, right now, we're at about a $20,000 a month reoccurring revenue from it. So what that does is it generates, and that doesn't include the initial sale, okay? So, and I'm going to talk more about the, our process, but what that does is it does a couple of things. It creates dependability, it creates security, it creates long-term engagements. Mm. And for me, 
it increases the lifetime value of the client and gives me a way to stay relevant with clients longer term. Does that answer your question? Yeah, that's brilliant. So it's, it's interesting to hear actually how it morphed. And it's interesting as well, the fact that you've gone away from uh, this just sell the training program to start with, but you're kind of almost selling the training on the back end of what you're doing, selling the main program on the back end. You're doing this front end offer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm really keen to sort of dive into this. Can you just break it down for us? How does this work? Okay, cool. What I'm going to do is because we're on camera, I don't know what people that listen to podcasts won't see this. They'll have to go to the infographic, but I'm just going to share this uh, with you for people who do get a bit of the video. Can you see this right now, Clive? Um, yeah, I can see that. Thank you. Okay, cool. So way we, the, so basically it's, it's two steps. You start with an initial offer of basic need. Now, it's amazing because I talk to a lot of business owners because um, we do a lot of um, marketing on LinkedIn. And how many of them will tell you that they do like, we, we can do everything under the sun. We've got like five different, six different services, but not one of them has been their primary uh, uh, lead gen in terms of generating clients. And I think there's some, uh, there, people have fears to narrow in because it's like, well, if that one thing doesn't work, then I'm out, of, I'm out of business. So they spread. It's like, you know, spread approach. Let me just sell everything. And the problem with that is it doesn't give you any focus and the time to like improve and refine what you're doing. So you never really generate anything that's gone through, like really, really gone through and been tested and just war battle, right? Like just really battle tested. Mm. And, uh, but when you do break it down and just go with one primary offer, I actually have a client who works with, in recruitment and he has a battle tested offer. One of the things that happens is, is that when someone uh, hires a recruiter, now he works in a very specific niche market, but what happens is you get this initial offer, you work with someone for a bit, you get them results. Now he doesn't do a five to six weeks uh, agreement. He works with them for six months to honor his commitment to get them a placement that will stay with that company for six months. And he offers a guarantee on it. If the person doesn't, or the business he's working with, and, and that, that person that's been placed doesn't stay with the company for at least six months, he will work with them until they do find someone that stays for six months for free. That's part of his guarantee. So it's a beautiful guarantee. He gets a lot of interest in it and it gets people in a conversation with them. So that's his partnership model. That's his initial basic need. Now, when we started having the conversation, I said, well, what are you offering to business owners in the back end after you fill and recruit for them? And he said, well, I do a bit of coaching with them because they're business owners and they need help and support. And I said, are you charging for it? And he said, no. And that's where we start to talk about a strategy on the secondary backend offer. So we will, in this case, he's doing a group mo- business coaching group model. He's not offering on the front end, recruitment's on the front end. On the back end is the business coaching. So if you were to see any of his marketing, you would have no idea that he does business coaching because his primary offer is all based around recruiting. And the power of that is that because there's a really good offer which converts, what happens is, is that some, someone will go is looking for a hire to hire some talent. They go to his profile on LinkedIn. They book a call with him. They make the initial engagement. That's the initial sale. But as he fills that need, what happens is that's, it's got to think of this like a staircase. As you fill the initial need for your audience, what happens is the need changes. And that's where the magic of this is because you want to think of the need as going up a staircase of progression, right? So you go up the first stair, the first stair, you've got that need. I need someone in my company 
that can deliver sales. So I need to go and hire someone to do that. Okay. But once you have that person in place, you don't need that anymore. You're going up the staircase and you're progressing and you're growing as a company, as a business owner. It's like, well, now what is the need? Well, the need changes. Now it might be, well, we need to find a way to manage the team. We need to make sure that the team's cohesive and engaged. Well, those are sorts of uh, things that he will help a business owner with to make sure that they're delivering their promises to their employees. So the need changes. So that's basically the essence is you start with a primary need, you lead, and then in the back end, you have a back end uh, need. Now, the back end offer can be months, years. Ideally, what you do is you set it up for the way we do it, anyways, is we set it up with a one year retainer, okay, for the first year. And then yep. after the one year expires, it becomes a month to month. You can just continue month to month. So it's really up to that person at that point and say, do I want to continue doing this? Do I want to uh, continue working with us? That sort of thing, right? And, uh, and the, the retainer and the model for it can be a number of things. It could be a group coaching program. It could be a mastermind program. It could be consulting. It could be on-site workshops. It could be a membership program. It could be a ton of different things. But, um, but when we first started doing this, our initial offer, like I'd mentioned, was the training I wasn't content with just delivering training because I was delivering training to people who were buying it that weren't getting results. They were basically buying and training and not implementing. So then we offered the marketing club on the back of that at the $299. And that became our reoccurring membership offer. So this works in a lot of different markets and verticals. It's just a matter of having really, I believe, the courage and the belief in your service to offer just one initial offer on the front end and that becoming the, the kind of driving force for your entire engine of the business. I love this. Uh, and it's quite brave as well, if you think about it. Uh, I know that certainly when I set it up, the, uh, I had a whole list, a whole suite of training programs and things that I was going to offer. I'm going to come back, you know, I come out of uh, corporate learning development. So yeah, I had loads of materials that I could share. And it's almost a case of overwhelm people with your choices. And here what we do is we're stripping it back, not to sort of two or three main offerings, but to one main offering. Um, very brave. Yeah. I, you know, the thing is, is that, I, and I'm a big fan of Grant Cardone. And if you don't know who he is, he's an American that does a lot of sales training, but also invests in real estate. And I've learned a lot from him. And one of the things he said is that it doesn't take money to make money. It takes courage. And he's right. Because if you really stand, I remember the day that I decided to raise our prices after we had added the guarantee on our initial basic offer. And I was freaking out a bit inside. No one would have known it, but I was really freaking out. But I was like, I just knew I had to do it. And when I did it, within uh, three weeks, I ended up getting my first two sales at the higher ticket by offering the guarantee. So one of the other things that you can do with your initial offer is to really put a guarantee, slap a guarantee on it to really stand behind what you deliver. And if you're not comfortable doing that, then what it tells me is that either uh, the confidence is not there or you haven't battle tested your service. You haven't really gone through the grinder and been with through enough clients where you're like, okay, you know what? We got this down. And, uh, and, but once you do, there's a point where you just got to be like, okay, I got the confidence to do this. Let's stand behind this. And then what happens is your introductory or this basic front end offer doesn't become a commodity anymore. It becomes in a new position of its own. Yeah, yeah, love it. There's, there's so many things I, I kind of want to delve into there. I love this notion about battle testing it. Uh, one of the first things I tell people when they start off business is go out and find five people, work for them for free, get five good solid case studies where you get some really good results, 
social proof, and then use that in all your marketing going forward. Um, and actually, I think that's really important. And the thing is, it might be that you've got to work with 10 people or 15 people, first of all, in order to get some really good results. Because if it's a new business to you, you're still figuring things out a little bit. But go out there, you know, get some really good results that you're proud to share. And it's so much more powerful saying these are the results that my clients have enjoyed and be able to, to share real people's names rather than empty promises. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very unique position to be the person who stands behind your ROI, right? And, mm. and has results to back it up. And that really is the credibility. And so when we work with a lot of clients, one of the first things I'll ask them or a prospect initially, I'll be like, you know, well, how many clients have you worked with? And do you have any sort of testimonials or case studies? Because when we reach out to people, we do some outreach on LinkedIn, we do some cold email as well as social posting. It, the, so, the social posting aspect takes time to mature. It does, it's sort of like compound interest where it will mature and it will compound over time. Yep. But initially, we're doing a lot of cold outreach. If you don't have a case study that demonstrates that you've been able to get the outcome or the results that you're promising in your offer, then it really kind of flips on its side and it doesn't, it's, it's almost useless. So um, my experience has been working with clients to get a phone call with someone who's really good, hungry prospect that has a budget and has money. You actually only need one really good case study because it's what's interesting is that I've been looking to add more videos to my, uh, to our testimonials and case studies page or reviews page. And when I went and looked at the data, what I found is that 90% of the views on the reviews page, and these are 90 second videos, right? That we have that we're very structured the, the way we set them up on our page. I've got, uh, at the moment, two of these videos, the yeah. one at the very top, has 90% of the attention and 90% of the views. The one below it doesn't get nearly as many views as the one at the top. And we still get a lot of calls. So I was like, in my mind, my hypothesis is if we can get one really good case study, now we're in the game. And so that's what I tell clients is that if we can get one, if you can get a dozen, great. But the likelihood is that if someone wants to really vet you, they're going to spend 90 seconds. They'll go through there. They're going to do it socially. They're going to check you out. But one really good video makes all the difference from a yeah. client. Yeah, love it, love it. One thing that I often get asked as well is if you've got, if you're sharing a result with somebody and you, you know, obviously you're going to give a good result, aren't you? It would be pointless to give a bad result. Uh, but you're going to you give a good result. Sometimes what people say is, yeah, but you're probably just giving me your best result. Right. So what do you say to that? What I tell them is, so let's, I want to address where that question's coming from. If someone asks me about results and they've already done their homework on us, yeah. the reason that they're concerned is because they have their own insecurity to close. Okay. So what that means is that if someone's asking about results and not really sure, part of it might be because they went through the grinder and they've been burned and they didn't yeah. get good conversations. I totally get that. They got 10 calls from someone, 10 appointments, but they were all like, hey, let's pick each other's brains. We just connected on LinkedIn, which is useless. It has no value at all. Our process is entirely different. It's about getting people to have money in urgency, right? So you're going to get calls that have, with people that have money in urgent, uh, that have a budget and urgency. So the question then becomes, well, what kind of results will you get? And I always go back to the client and say, 
Well, you might get three appointments, you might get 30. How good are your case studies? How good is your offer? If your offer is um, kind of mediocre compared to all the other people who are offering, say, marketing services for personal and injury attorneys, then you're, the result of the campaign is going to be mediocre. But if you have an amazing guarantee that you stand behind when you put your offer out there, that's going to convert way better because what it's going to do is going to draw more interest in someone having a conversation with you. Now, your ability to run the conversation, if you're not confident that you can run a good prospecting or sales conversation and you're insecure about it, that might come out in that kind of question. So that's my belief is that it comes out in the, own, the, uh, the prospect's insecurity to deliver their end of the deal. I, I don't know if that answered your question or not, Clive. I think that's brilliant. And I must admit, I never really saw it in that way. I mean, yes, there was... There's always hesitancy uh, when people come across this, this stage. And it's a little bit about like, you know, do I, it's, it's all, I suppose it's all about summing up what the risk is, but you're right. That's um, maybe that particular question is more about them and their fears about stepping forward and creating results than necessarily like you having to prove that you can create those results and create them consistently. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things I like to do when I'm talking to prospect is like, Let's just lay down the responsibilities. Like I can only do so much. This is a co-creative effort, right? So if you show up your best version, I show up my best version ourselves, then we'll create magic. But if you don't have a business, like this is a startup and you haven't had any case studies, now we got to work a lot harder to generate those initial clients, right? But if you have results, you have clients, you have worked with 130 clients and you want to start looking at your uh, back-end offer, that might be, you might be sitting on a hundred thousand dollars right there of business coaching, right? It's just like, let's go reach out to those 130 clients you just had, talk about what their issues, issues are, get them to engage with you. And if you get 10 clients at 20,000 each, you know, that's over hundred K just the U S just right there from that initial effort. So I, I think the important thing is like, I had a client uh, prospect today and he says, I'm concerned about, um, I don't want to hand over my marketing. And I said, let me explain uh, something that, um, that you probably don't know. So I had another client similar to him in the recruiting space, didn't want to hand over his marketing to us. I said, here's why we do it first of all. What I used to do is, hey, let's work together and we'll get you some results. But I want you to do all the distribution of the marketing, which is a big aspect of what we do. And the client wouldn't do it because of their own fears, because of their own securities, because they hadn't done the work. So what I said, let's take ownership of that. We're going to do distribution for them. We're going to edit the videos. We're going to help with the creative. And then they just got to show up and be themselves. And we did that. We started to get results of clients. So I said, what we do after we work with a client for two months is we hand back all the collateral. Here are all your assets. Here are your marketing assets. Here are, here's the CRM. Here's how we do LinkedIn. Here's the training. Now you're going to hire someone to low labor to distribute and do this all for you. And then we can focus on high level strategy. So we give them all back because I don't want to run all your marketing for an entire year. I want you to do it. I want you to be self-reliant. But initially in the beginning, I want to make sure that you can get results. And I know that the best way we can do it is we take ownership in the beginning. Now, the other concern he had was he said, um, well, I want to make sure that my character matches the marketing. Like I don't want to protrude someone as I'm not. And I said, well, there's two parts to that. One is you got to make sure that we get really clear on your perfect buyer. So we know who we're talking to. 
and we have a worksheet for that. But on the back end of that is we got to make sure that your highest um, character attributes come through in the marketing. So we need to be really clear about who you are. And if we do that, then we're not going to make sure, you know, we're not going to amplify someone that you're not. It's not about like making all these promises. You're going to attract other prospects who are like you if you do the marketing right. If you come out with content that's inauthentic to who you are, then you're going to get inauthentic people on the phone. So it's really important to protrude. And so we have, like, a, like I said, a perfect buyer worksheet that goes through who are you targeting? And it's people like you. And then once we got that, that will make sure that there's a match. So that when you do talk to someone on the phone, it's not like, this guy's this guy's horrible. Like, this is not my prospect, right? So we want to make sure we get that up at the very beginning. And yeah. then uh, another thing that he had said, I kind of go on this train of thought was, why should you know, someone hire a, recruiting, a recruiter to bring talent to their organization. And I say, you know why? And I just went through it with this campaign. So it was a very, in, in, it was an enlightful learning experience for me. It was because it saves the business owner money. There is nothing more expensive than hiring, recruiting for a talent position, and then they leave three months later. How do you avoid that risk? How do you make sure the person that you're hiring is committed for, to the industry for the long term? That's what a recruitment agency does that you can't do in your own business. So you're saving money by getting the right subject matter expert. Love it. Love it. What I thought was really interesting there, not only was I was listening to what you were saying, but I was kind of thinking about what's the strategy here. And, and I noticed how you did that. What you did is that you first of all, first of all started saying, um, let me tell you about somebody else. And so you shifted the emphasis on them so you weren't actually challenging them. You were telling a story about somebody else who did exactly the same thing, had exactly the same um, uh, uh, you know, worries and fears. Experience, and yeah. So that, that was really, really smart because you're shifting the emphasis on them, but you didn't, you're al- allowing you to then address that concern by telling a story. And that's really, really powerful. I also noticed the last thing that you were talking about, or one of the last things as well, so this is really good for anybody listening right now, you know, just listen to how Steve does it and unpick it is that you were talking about putting the marketing across in ways that reflected their highest attributes. Now, it could be that somebody who's working with you and hiring you to, to do some work for them, they might then be thinking, okay, well, what if the marketing that you do doesn't reflect me? And you know, how do I know that it's going to be incongruent with that? Now, Victor Antonio talks about objection blocking, and that's what you're doing here. Is you're actually raising a potential issue and buttoning that down before anybody even got a chance to talk about it. So that's smart. Yeah. And you know, one of the things that we do over and over is that like, I'm still learning, right? I'm still trying to, I'm still figuring this out to some degree. Yeah. So when I get a, a, a nuance on, for example, we're coming up with headlines for content, right? One of the best headline formulas that I've just start recently using is what is your audience afraid to ask? What are they afraid to ask you? And just go and answer it because it hits the fear right on. So then I was like, wow, that really resonates with the market. Guess what we do with our perfect buyer worksheet? We add that to the question when we generate these content. So there's a content creation piece to what we do, right? So we go back to our worksheet. We said, let's add that question to the worksheet. It's a good one. So it's all about iteration. It's about going back and improving what we're doing as we're doing our own marketing. So it's, if you're in that space of being continually improving, then it's going to compound over time. It's going to make everything you do better. Yeah. It's great that you brought that up, actually. One of the things I wanted to come back to is right at the start, you said find something to lead on. 
Um, and uh, I see, I see the point in that. One of the things that I struggled with when I first started out is deciding what to lead on and, and the things that I was leading on, I was talking about a lot of different services, but actually it wasn't my audience's biggest pain point. I actually had to go out and learn how to solve their biggest pain point, which was lead generation um, and sales. I didn't know much about that at the time. My background you know, is, is productivity, personal influence, leadership, management, that kind of thing. And so I was, what I was trying to do was work with people who had issues um, you know, and wanted to grow their business, but try to sell them what I knew rather than what they needed. Yeah. Um, and so this is really smart. And one of the things I think about as well is that uh, so I run a mastermind program as, uh, as do a lot of coaches and things like that. So you can have an ongoing program, but things like a mastermind program, they're very valuable if you've been in that program before, but they're a hard sell because they aren't about a specific issue or problem or pain point. Uh, but what we're doing here is by figuring out that, that big compelling issue then you go in strong, you sell that, and you're selling your, your main offering afterwards. My question to you, Steve, is how do we find that big pain point? It's a good question. So, I mean, there's going to be a few things that are like indicators of that. And uh, if you're posting content, here's the best way to know. Um, what are the questions people have in the comments? You're posting content. It's like, I get what you said about that, but what about this? Well, the follow your curiosity. Where did that question come from? And if you don't have any clientele, like any case studies, pick up the phone, have a conversation with them, send them a DM to that person, find out what did they, what's behind that question. And if you find out what's behind it, there might be something else that's behind it. It might be a fear that they have. That might be the thing that you could build your entire business around. So yeah, just like use the commentary and the discussion on social posts to find out what are people really that you can serve, you can do a bunch of things. But like the fastest thing is put out three or four or five videos this week. Look at the comments. What are people saying? That, that's one indicator of like where the need is. Um, what I see some people do is they'll go out and they'll do like a survey and no one responds to the survey. You know why it doesn't work? It's because you're asking people to give before you've given. So make sure you give first, give, then ask, give, then ask content. Can you help me out? That sort of thing. Sure. Sure. Yeah. That makes so much sense. And when we approach social media, typically what we do when we first start out, cause we don't know any better is that we go into broadcasting mode and it's yeah. all about, Oh, just got to get it out there. I've got to tell people what I'm doing and, you know, and then yeah, somebody says do polls and so I'm going to do that now. And of course I'll get crickets. Nobody's answering. Well, you've just right. explained the answer there, haven't you? So one of the things is that when you're posting and broadcasting uh, on a podcast or any media, YouTube, you know, I've been on YouTube since 2009, but the thing is, is that 90% of the content that I post is actual content. And then the other 10% is offers. So um, you kind of do got to do some guesswork in the beginning. You don't know if you're moving your left foot or your front, your right foot. You're like, you're just trying to figure it out as you go. But you know, another thing that you could do is if you're not really sure what the content is and you're not sure, like you sit in your prospect's mind, you're like, what's their biggest, um, what's the question that they don't want to ask? And you're not sure what that is. Then go into groups on LinkedIn. What are people talking about? Go into the discussion groups, find out what the, the conversations are. What are people asking? Then look for themes and then generate content in those themes and then ask for feedback again. So it's all about no one has it figured out. Like, <laughs> like I said, I'm still evolving my business. We yeah. get to the point where we're like, oh, 
that's what people want. Okay. We got to make sure we create content on that. So, you know, it's, it's an evolutionary process. You just develop it as you grow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm constantly learning new things. And I suppose the things you, you know, you just get to the next stage and then you look back and you think, Oh, well, wasn't that easy, but I had to look work damn hard to figure that out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. I love that. So, okay. Two step process. Um, so we, you know, we start with uh, an initial needs, um, a, you know, basic offer. We just go in with one thing. Um, and one of the things that you're doing here is making it a partnership offer as well. So you're actually, uh, by doing that, by you putting work in, uh, you know, this is particularly relevant for coaches and consultants who advise um, and give strategies yeah. and information here. By you doing that, what you're going to do is to help them create that result, which is really important, both for their confidence also for your, um, for your case studies and social proof as well. And then once they've got that, I'm you know, saying it's going to be so much easier getting them on stage two, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Well, let me mention something about the, the stage two, before the stage two. And, and this is something that came from my engineering background because I've, I've worked as an engineer for a long time. I did a lot of consulting work, wrote hundreds of proposals. And here's the theme that I noticed when I was writing my proposals is that, and I took it into my business. I was like, oh, the proposals always have like, these two or three things. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I want you to do. And then here's what's not included, right? So um, the not included part I've taken out and I've just simplified it to, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what you're going to do. And then what happens is that forms the basis of our agreement. And that's it. So it's like when someone reads it, it's like, okay, I see all, I see all the gaps. I see all the pieces. I see how we can do this. I got a clear trajectory of where we're going over the next couple months because this is what Steve and his team are going to do. This is what I got to do. Can I do this? Do I have the time? Do I have the resources? And do I have the money? Yeah. Is there any reason why we shouldn't work together? No. Well, then let's, let's proceed, right? So it's really about establishing that agreement. And I always find, and I always tell clients the same thing, write out your agreement of what you're going to initially offer. Here's what you're going to do. Here's it. it requires you to do some planning and some forethought before you actually make your offer, right? And yeah. then what happens is your confidence goes up because you're like, well, now I'm prepared. I know what I'm going to be delivering. So that's the primary or the introductory front-end offer. On the back end, it's like any other sales process. First thing we do is we schedule a time to have a conversation about like what's next, but I also have clients fill in a worksheet and I give them go through like, what do you want to be doing in the next three years? What are the challenges to get there? Um, where is, what makes you happy, right? What's your, what's your sweet spot? Cause I want them to make sure they're doing what they love and what makes them happy because if they're doing what's making them happy and they're making money, they're going to stay a long time. Yeah. Right. So I want to find out what that is. I don't want to assume what that is. I want to find out what that is. And, uh, and then once we've established that and the challenge is to say, okay, well, do you want to take it to the next level? And I find those conversations because they've already been a client are a lot easier than the initial conversations that I have. Sure. Sure. Uh, and I was actually thinking that it's really quite important what you're saying there about actually write it down. And <laughs> I know this sounds really, really basic back on, I think it was episode 49. I had Chad Sanderson on now Chad um, is a sales trainer himself and he mentioned something uh, about conversational fluency. Now, conversational fluency is really, really important. And the fact is that conversational fluency doesn't happen without practice. And so we really need to stop and 
find the clarity and the words to be able to explain what we do and how we do it really, really simple, um, really simply. So, you know, what you're saying there, here's what I'm going to do, here's what you wouldn't do. But just by mapping things out there and working out exactly what it is, instead of just going off half-baked all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, yeah. And if you and if if you want a sample of that, if you're listening to this and you want a sample of that, just go to um, my just go to type in clientrushformula.com. What we'll do is you'll see it exactly how my offer looks. It says here's what we'll do. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what you don't do. You know, it's like it's it's very clear cut and the pricing's there as well. But at least it'll give you a model for how to create your own offers. Okay, brilliant, brilliant, and that's the perfect time for us to talk about how people can get in touch with you. I've got a few more questions. So stick around, uh, would you? Uh, But how can people get in touch with you? You know, best thing at this point is that they can, one of two options. One, go to clientrushformula.com. You can Google it it, or you can type that in and it will redirect you to our offer. If you're ready to have a conversation about how can it help you impact, scale and grow. And then number two is if you just want more information, you want to jump on one of our webinars on our Endless Client Leads webinars just to get more information and more strategy, go to Freedom education.ca, not .com.ca. Okay, brilliant. So what I'll do is I'll make sure that we've got those links on the show notes page. That's going to be at getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash 55. I'll remind you at the end. I will make sure that we've got all your links there. So do go and check Steve out. Um, you know, you've, you've heard Steve today. It's absolutely awesome. Now, before we get into the final questions, I just want to give a shout out to today's sponsor, Today's podcast is sponsored by my very own program, the Get Real About Business Mastermind. If you've never been part of a mastermind before, you have definitely been missing out. The idea is very simple and is one that was brought to us by Napoleon Hill back when he wrote the book Think and Grow Rich. And it's simply that when two or more minds get together, the sum is greater than the individual parts. So what we do is we pull the talent, the creativity and collective intelligence of small business owners like you together so you can help each other and improve your business. And you get the input not only of a sales trainer and a small business coach like me, but you also get the input and the help of other people who are running the businesses and trying things out. You get all of their help and support along the way. Now, business masterminds are not for everyone. You genuinely must have had some success in your business. If you're just starting out, this is not for you. I've got other programs for you, but this is for people who've had success in their business and they want more. So if you're looking to scale your business up, you're looking to increase sales, the Business Mastermind is absolutely the right thing for you. You will get top-notch advice for your business, how to sell more, how to grow more, how to market your business. Wherever you're at, it's about sitting down with you and saying, okay, where are you stuck? What do you want to get to? How can we help you get there? And everybody jumps in to help you plan and strategize and get things done in your business. Hands down, it's one of my most popular programs. It's the program where Elaine Williams tripled her income within a year. It's the program where Tony Baker, one of my former guests on this show, started his business from nothing and took it for coming on 200K within a relatively short space of time. If you are serious about growing your business right now, go ahead to getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash mastermind where you'll find more information about the program and you will be able to apply to become a member of my mastermind. You have a maximum of five people in each group, so you get plenty of time to work on your business. 
Just visit getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash mastermind and apply for your membership today. Okay, so back to you, Steve. We've talked about uh, this model, this, this, uh, this two-step framework, which I really, really love. Now, I wonder if you could just finish today by sharing, us, uh, sharing some strategies or some ideas about, okay, so how do we get people interested in this? How can we start the conversation and generate some leads? Okay, cool. So now we're talking about lead generation. So we have a four-step framework to generate the leads to drive people into your programs, right? And it's called Endless Client Leads. And the four steps are this. Number one, you want to find common ground with people who don't know you, okay? Number two, you want to create value for those people by sending impactful content and offers to develop long-term relationships. Number three, you want to secure engagements and book highly relevant conversations with people who have money for your services. And then number four, it's about using a proven process to build trust and close more business by transforming lives. And the one thing I will say about that is that when you have a conversation with someone that's brand new to your business and is interested in speaking with you and has money, sell the dream, not the service. And that's basically our four-step framework. So you find common ground, you create value for that person, you secure engagements, and then you transform lives. Love it. Love it. Okay. So again, what we'll do is we'll, uh, we'll put that up on the, the show notes page. I know that you've got some training on your website. People can go and, and dig into that. I recommend that you do. Absolutely superb. And one final question for you, Steve. L- looking to implement this model that we've been talking about today, uh, are there any things that we should watch out for? Where... where could people go wrong with this? You know, I, I'm, the thing that can, this is the thing that's going to stop probably 90% of people is that you've got to have faith in the process, mm. right? So lead generation is a process. Developing your, uh, your front end offer and then your back end offer is a process. Mm. And you got to have faith in the process. You got to have, tr- you have to trust yourself. You have to trust your prospect. And then you got to trust that you can, you know, when I say trust yourself, trust that you can deliver, trust the prospect, and then they've got to trust you, right? But ideally, it's like having faith in the process is probably the biggest part of this because it is a process. It's not that you need to have faith that you're going to get results. Don't put your faith in the results. Put your faith in the process because the process is what drives the results. Love it. Love it. Uh, really powerful stuff today. I want to thank you, Steve, for being on here and sharing all that you have. Again, we're going to be putting everything up on the show notes page. Please do go ahead and connect with Steve there. Again, the link to the show notes page is getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash 55. If you've heard anything today that has resonated with you, I'm sure you have. Just think, what's one thing I can do to start getting the ball rolling on this? You don't have to create it all now, but just start taking action. And then, the, you know, then like it's one step reveals the next step reveals the next step. So you've got a really simple framework here. Look to see how you can implement it in your business. Now, if you want to continue the conversation, then do connect with us on LinkedIn and all the usual places. The links are on the show notes page. And if you've loved this podcast today, really appreciate it. If you can do me a favor and leave me a review, you can leave it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you found this. A five-star review would be awesome. It really would be. Uh, but whatever you think, And also, you can join me on my Facebook group, the Get Real About Business podcast community. Uh, So again, links on the show notes page, getrealaboutbusiness.com forward slash 55. We'll also put Steve's LinkedIn group down there as well if you want to connect with him. 
And that's it for today. I hope you've had some massive value. It certainly sparked a lot of things off of me. Remember to implement this. Often ask people, has it been useful or has it been interesting? And hopefully it's been interesting. This is only going to be useful if you implement this. We are going to be back next week with more insights, tips, and strategies for you and your business. And until then, take care of yourself. Here's to you and your highly successful business.